So, Chris, before we uh, before we kick off, how about a bit of a, anachronism bingo? So, uh, ESP. Uh, email services provider. CDP. Customer data platform. RFP. Request for proposal. ESCDP. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't stand... Well, what it stands for is that, that overlap of CDPs that look like ESPs and ESPs that look like CDPs. Perfect. Let's get started. <laughs> Hi, folks. Thank you for joining me today for a special episode of the Wonderkin podcast, Individuality Unleashed, all about CDPs. And today I have Chris Marriott, president and founder of Email Connect, joining me. And we're going to do a deep dive on customer data platforms, how and why marketers use them, the limitations and how marketers can leverage their CDP in an optimal way to truly understand their customers on an individual level and drive growth. At Wonderkind, we often get a lot of questions around how Wonderkind and CDPs fit together and how Wonderkind can bring extra value to enhance the functionality of a CDP. So we're going to be jumping into that too. But first, Chris, thanks for joining. Richard, it's great to be here today. Uh, I, I love the topic and you know the whole CDP uh, marketplace or, or, or you know, part of the industry, MarTech landscape, uh, has exploded in the last couple of years and has raised so many questions about where it where CDPs fit with ESPs. There's tremendous overlaps with them. Where they fit with existing databases, and as you said today, where 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 does Wonderkind fit? Uh, and and I think it's a great topic. And I know there's lots of questions out there. So looking forward to diving into it. Awesome. Now let's kick off with some basics, so we're all on the same page. Forrester defines a CDP as a platform that centralizes customer data from multiple sources and makes it available to systems of insight and engagement. Chris, can you walk us through what exactly a CDP does and what marketers generally use them for? Sure. And, you know, part of the uh, confusion, I think, that in the CDP landscape is, is there are dramatic differences between CDPs themselves, just like in the ESP landscape where there are you know, very large differences between the various ESPs that are very rarely recognized, by the way, uh, by brands when they're looking around. But CDPs as well, there's, there's you know, you, the definition you gave of Forrester, I think that's the basic CDP. And I like to use the CDP Institute's uh, definitions of the CDP categories. I think they, because they really, what, when, you, when you break down the CDP landscape into sort of the distinct versions of CDPs, uh, you have those that are, are attracted, uh, that attract marketers to them, and you have those that attract uh, the data people and the, and the business analysts. So uh, again, let's start with the one, the definition you gave in Forrester's definition, that's sort of the base level CDP. And as you said, it's used to get, aggregate data from various different sources, connect that data around a unified view of the customer, and make that data available, uh, activated on many, many different channels. That's the kind of CDP that your IT people and data analysts are looking for when they're out in the marketplace. On the other end of that spectrum, and I, we could talk about this in a whole different podcast, but I'll just touch on it. On the other end of the spectrum are what uh, the CDP Institute calls deployment CDPs. And these are CDPs that actually look like ESPs. And in that they do all of the things that that base level did, probably not as well because they're they're more focused on 
the deployment of that, literally sending email out of the platform using MTAs in the cloud, which is what all the next gen ESPs are already doing. So, uh, and in between them, there are various degrees. You, you know, you have orchestration added to some CDPs, you have analytics added to others. So it's not so easy to define a CDP other than, as you said, that sort of base level of what it is expected. And that was sort of the original CDP. Now, Forrester says that 25% of B2C marketers are using CDPs and another 24% are planning to adopt them in the next year. So why do you think that the usage of CDPs is on the rise? Yeah, that's, it. well, part of it, <laughs> forgive me, is herd instinct. You know, it, it's, it's the shiny new object. And, you know, CRM, I've been around long enough to know when CRM systems and I'm going way back. Everybody had to have one. It, and, the, and the CEOs would tell the director of marketing, get a CRM. Neither of them knew what it was, but they knew they had to have it. And so they would go out and they'd get a CRM system. In, in some ways, that's, that's pushing the rise of the CDP marketplace. But also, I think the real value, and there is real value, particularly to the data teams and the analyst teams, to getting that data in one location for them controlling it. And control is a big thing for the uh, internally at, at a lot of companies. The control and the ownership of that data is extremely important to those teams. And it's finally, they can have it in one place under lock and key, under their lock and key. What's interesting is we've done, as you know, my business is managing RFPs for brands looking for new ESPs and, and more recently CDPs. Again, because of that overlap. But every RFP I've run in the past 18, every RFP since the COVID lockdown ended, at this exact same time, the marketing team's looking for an ESP. The, the IT and data team is doing a, literally off doing an RFP for a CDP. And, you know, again, we could, I could go on forever about how crazy that is, that, that, that those should be more unified efforts. But again, I think, What's driving the rise of it is, you know, we got to have it. We want to have it. Everyone else has it. And if we don't get it, we're going to fall behind. Now, Chris, do CDPs play a role in compliance for things like CCPA and GDPR in organizations? Uh, absolutely. Because one of the, uh, you know, guidelines that you must follow or laws that you must follow, if somebody asks to be forgotten, um, that literally means they, there is no data about them anywhere in your organization. And when you have a centralized uh, source of all, all of their data, like a CDP, uh, it's very easy to, A, get rid of it, and B, prove that you've gotten rid of it. Now, you talked about CDPs being a single source of truth that provides a sort of complete view of your customer data. Can you elaborate on how a CDP can enable a company to achieve its personalization objectives? And then maybe talk a little bit about how Wonderkim can help enhance that personalization capability. Yeah, what again, what a CDP uh, ideally stores is a, you know, a complete view of that customer. Everything they've ever bought, everything they've ever looked at on your website, every customer service engagement, everything they've bought in store. So you have an enormous amount of first-party data. And of course, the only way you can personalize anything is by linking what you know, first-party data, uh, about that person with the, with the communication, in, in the communication. And because CDPs activate that data uh, to the deployment uh, um, channels, 
Uh, they're the one, they're, they're sort of the engine. And in many ways, they have AI, as, as I think you touched on, with, within them. Not all of them, but some of the more uh, advanced CDPs have AI where they can do some predictive modeling and, and, and this and that. So that's really where um, they, they become such a critical uh, partner to these other channels when it gets when it comes to personalization. Now, I think one of the you know the, it, we talk about their ability to uh, link customer data and and they certainly have that capability, but not every technology is perfect. <laughs> you and I both know that. Right. And CDPs are, are no different. And and by that I mean one of, one of the they know. Uh, you know, what happens when you change your phone number? What happens when you change your email address? Suddenly, the 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 CDP is potentially or or likely building two profiles around you, uh, or or even more, and that can become very problematic. They're not perfect in in understanding that this old email address and this new email address came from the same person, and that's really one of the things that I think is great about Wonderkind and and really the only place where you can sort of ensure that you have that information and can deliver that. I think that's one of the, one of the superpowers of Wonderkind uh, in, in its array of things that it does really well. I think its ability to, to do know that those are the same is, is something that, you know, can be, you know, we, you talked up front, how do, how do CDPs and ESP, uh, I'm sorry, and uh, Wonderkind, you know, how does Wonderkind help CDPs? I think a critical area is just that, that understanding that people's uh, information does change and you need to stay on top of that. Yeah, I mean, integrating identity resolution into your CDP solution just makes it possible to connect all these separate touch points to the sort of real life living, hopefully breathing human being that connected with your brand and engaging with targeted email and text communications. And this is because the technology is based on an identity graph that contains millions of identities and billions of touch points all connected to, to real people. Now, can you give us some more examples of when it makes sense to integrate Wonderkin into your CDP? Well, a, a, another area that I think Wonderkin excels in is, is recognizing anonymous visitors. A, right. Again, a superpower of Wonderkind. And uh, I don't really know of another place where uh, another platform that can, that does what you do in that area. And that, you know, you're sort of a unicorn in that area. And, and CDPs can recognize somebody when they're logged in, but they can't necessarily recognize an anonymous visitor, particularly, or or even begin tracking an anonymous visitor. And in the world of Wonderkind, there aren't that many anonymous visitors. You pretty you know pretty much know who they are. And so when you're partnering, uh, or when that brand has Wonderkind uh, as part of its infrastructure, that CDP is much smarter than it otherwise would be. Yeah, and to put some sort of stats on that, the, the Wonderkin Identity Network observes about 890 million devices each month, and Wonderkin clients process over a billion requests every day. So this is actually a huge advantage when it comes to scaling your email campaigns with that uh, that data intelligence uh, from the Identity Network. Now, let's say you're a marketer, you want to increase online revenue from your email channel. For most marketers, email is the highest converting channel. Uh, but on its own, it doesn't necessarily scale. There are limitations. Now, Wonderkin's identity network basically identifies anonymous users on site that your CDP cannot recognize. Then you can automatically, automatically send triggered emails and texts to those newly identified customers, perhaps with a special welcome offer or an abandoned cart reminder. Now, 
Wonderkin's ability to collect this data and drive revenue begins on day one, right? And I think that's really, really important. It immediately increases the scale of your triggered email and text messaging programs. Meanwhile, your CDP enables you to build segmented audiences for personalized follow-ups, tracking on-site behavior, retargeting existing customers, and building advocacy. Now, Chris, 90% of marketers say their CDP doesn't meet their business needs, and 86% of marketers say that a CDP can't truly give them a 360-degree view of their customers. Why, Why do you think this is? Well, for, for, for some of the very reasons that you and I have just talked about, that that CDPs, you know, as you said, you know day one, or you're building that day one, CDPs take, uh, it, it takes time for a CDP to really begin to link all of those. That doesn't just magically happen when you plug it in, I right. think. And, and again, like all new technologies, I think, you know, Gartner has their peak of inflated expectations, and then the, 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 their hype cycle, which I love, and, and the trough of disillusionment, and... You know, I think we're just we're, we're coming over the top of that peak of inflated expectations. Uh, CDPs are a useful tool to have in your arsenal, but they aren't going to fix everything uh, that that is wrong. And and you know, there may not be a technology that will ever come along that can that will be perfect in every way, shape, or form. And the point is getting the getting the tool set of of platforms into your program that make you incrementally better and. Uh, that's what we've been talking about here, how Wonderkin can make a CDP incrementally better. And, you know, one of the areas we haven't talked about, that, but you and I talk about all the time, and I think also is another of Wonderkin's really strengths, is first-party data. You know, we've talked about, you know, the, 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 the collection of website and others. But as you said, you've got this identity network that is gathering all of this information on the people, on, on the known people in your identity network. And the future of email marketing is, is first party data. Now, if I've, if I've, if I've hijacked a question you were going to ask later, I apologize, but uh, you know, we all know third party cookies are going away. I probably just stole that line from you, but um, (laughs) we all know they're going away though. It's been delayed a couple of years, which just gives us more time to prepare because they will go away. And first party data, there's not a whole lot of, of ways to get that at scale. A loyalty program. Yeah. That'll help you get first-party data at scale. Um, but also, Wonderkind is another great way to get first-party data at scale. And that's not only going to make your CDP smarter, that's going to that's gonna supercharge, you know, if you don't have a loyalty program as a marketer, that's going to be the way you can quickly get some more data on your existing customers in your email database to improve the personalization and targeting of those, and segmentation and targeting of, of your email campaigns. No, for, for sure. And, and, and lots of people are using Wonderkin very successfully to, to really build out that first party database with the, uh, all of the abilities on uh, email capture and uh, um, you know, f- uh, phone uh, detail capture. So, but before, before I t- talk about that a little bit, I just wanted to, to, to maybe talk about another area of confusion, right? We all know in technology, everyone says they can, they can do everything when you read their marketing and actually the truth is always uh, somewhat um, extremely different in many cases. Yeah. But, but some CDPs say that they offer personalized email capabilities. What's your, what's your view on that? Well, you know, I talked earlier about, the, about the, uh, David Rabin, the CDP Institute, and their, and their uh, sort of view of the CDP landscape and, and sort of the four types of CDPs. And I, I talked about the deployment CDPs. Um, 
And, you know, I believe there are, I don't believe, the, the way I look at the market, and this is a, a result of, of the overlap of EDP, ESPs and CDPs. And there are some ESPs that are barely distinguishable from CDPs, and there are some CDPs that are barely distinguishable distinguishable from ESPs. And, and so I, 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 when I think about them, I think about them on a continuum. In other words, that on, on one end, you have you know, all CDP, and on the other end, all ESP. And these, what I call ESCDPs, tend to cluster in the middle of that continuum. Now, I, what, what differentiates them, uh, CD, deployment CDPs from ESPs that look like CDPs, we'll call them ESPs, ESP pluses. An ESP plus is much better at email and the things that email uh, that email marketers want, like personalization, to your point, like you know all, all of the all of the really hardcore, you know, even with built-in AI in real time, uh, you know, at, at time of send, real time uh, personalization. On the other hand, the CDPs that are that are ESCDPs. Getting back to your original question, yeah, th their ability to personalize is much more limited. They're 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 because they're more CDP like than they are ESP like. So. If you have a deployment CDP, you haven't solved all your problems and, and uh, in, in any way, shape, or form. There's still things that you're going to need to augment the effectiveness of what you're doing. Yeah, and, you know, as you say, um, some CDPs can actually send the basic triggered emails. Um, but whether they're a CDP or a CDP slash, you know, ESP. Um, ESCDP. Yeah, they're, they're not built to recognize anonymous users on your site in real time. Because of that, you know, they're going to have difficulty uh, matching uh, one that can scale to do triggers, which is where I think we, you know, we play an important part in the marketplace, partnering with CDPs and, and ESPs of all, of all flavors. Now, um, to, to, to dig into that a little bit for, for some of the viewers... Wonderkin's identity resolution technology can recognize anonymous users down to that email address, right? So it greatly expands your send pool. And we pair this with the behavioral technology and email capture strategies to gain new prospects to add to your marketing database. So if you aren't in a client's database, then, you know, when you land on the site, we recognize that and we ask for an email or the phone uh, capture. If we have the email, but not a phone number, we can ask for just what we don't have. This enables you to target previously mid-funnel prospects that you wouldn't have been able to reach otherwise and drive net new revenue at scale from your email and text programs. Now, Wonderkin offers a white glove service, right? And years of testing have enabled us to fine tune our email marketing and text marketing strategies. Now, if you only have a CDP without Wonderkin, it will take months to see results. But together, I think they're a perfect pair. Well, I would because I'm working for Wonderkin. But let's, you know, let's go back to talking about cookies. I think that's an important thing. So, you know, brands have been relying on cookies for a long time to track users, to measure campaigns, to analyze marketing performance. So, you know, what do you think cookie deprecation means for CDPs uh, uh, long term? I think it will make, uh, I think it will make their identity resolution I was going to say much more difficult, uh, but I, I I want to even use something stronger. Incredibly difficult because that's what's stitching a lot of it together today. That and uh, particularly because without an email address uh, for an individual or a phone number, the the only other sort of way you recognize that person is is through that third party cookie. So I think the 
the, the identity resolution of a lot of CDPs, their capabilities in that area will will suffer and, and they won't be, you know, brands are going to see a difference. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, it's actually great in many ways for Wonderkin because we're well positioned to work with CDPs to solve those addressability issues in a cookie-less world and help marketers collect data without relying on third-party cookies. And Wonderkin's identity network makes it possible to remember users even after cookies expire and returning visitors to sites within the Wonderkin identity network reinforce our user data, basically letting it persist past uh, cookies. So, Chris, let's, let's sum up. Wonderkin and a CDP will help brands acquire and retain more customers, offering them a scalable source of revenue that improves user experience. This will be an even bigger competitive advantage once third-party cookies are inevitably phased out, right? Absolutely. And, and I, the way I think about it, because and I know this show is, the program today is CDPs, but the way I, I sort of see Wonderkind at the intersection of ESP, CDP, and commerce website, because really what we've been talking about today is, is your ability to improve the performance in all of these areas. And uh, again, I think that's, that's a unique offering in the marketplace. Yeah. And, and you know, it, I think, you know, people can be skeptical when they listen to things like this, because, um, you know, in software as a service, in technology, you know, marketers, you know, for, for, for companies, uh, tend to talk about value in, in you know, very generic ways and, and promise yep. the earth and then it's down to companies and uh, the, the marketer and their internal teams to basically take this technology and deliver those amazing <laughs> returns that have been promised in the sales cycle. And I think one thing that really excites me about Wonderkin is that we we aren't software as a service, we are revenue as a service. Yes, we've got software and services that help you get there, but we back it up by guaranteed revenue in our contracts uh, performance. Uh, and if we don't meet those guarantees, we work for free until we do. So it really is um, a kind of new uh, commercial model, if you like, uh, to allow marketers to get uh, outsized returns. And you know, what, what does it do? Well, at the end of the day, you know, deploying something like Wonderkin, we've got a track record of undeniable performance for brands. brands. So I'll, I'll throw out some stats. You know, Pamela Love, 17.6% of digital revenue with email and text. Bear in mind that most triggered uh, uh, email and uh, programs are, are about 0.5% to 1.5% of digital revenues in average customers. Uh, Notori, 14% of digital revenue with email and text. Uh, text. Uh, Casemate, 19% of digital revenue with email and text. Gstar, 23% of digital revenue and email and text. I mean, I could go on and on, but it's all about delivering revenue as a service and putting your money where your mouth is. So um, throw that out there as the last uh, the last piece. And Chris, I've got to thank you for uh, getting stuck in with us today uh, and sharing your insights. And listeners, thank you for tuning in to our special CDP episode if you'd like to learn more about how Wonderkin and CDPs uh, work together, get in touch today and our team will be happy to help and advise. I hope you found this interesting and I look forward to seeing you next time on Individuality Unleashed.